Good evening, and if you're just tuning in, you are listening live to the Angel Rock on 105.3 out in New Orleans, Louisiana, on United Public Radio Network, or otherwise known as either UPRN, or to some people, we're also known as UFO Paranormal Radio Network. I'm your host, Laura Lee Potvin. I'm the host of this show, The Angel Rock. If you've never been to the show before, welcome, and if you're returning, thank you for returning week after week. We have a faithful following, and I really appreciate you and love to involve you in the conversation. Now, we were supposed to have two guests this evening. I'm going to explain that in a minute, but I do want to tell you a little bit about my show. I cover all aspects, I say, of the esoteric, the paranormal, and with some truth-seeking thrown in there, always ending on a positive note. We have great guests on here, and I feature people from all walks of life through what they're doing, either extracurricularly or professionally, they're making a positive change for humanity. A little bit about myself, I am a Canadian clairvoyant medium, a crystal Reiki energy healer, Akashic Records practitioner and spiritual teacher and mentor, as well as a registered nurse. Now, like I said, tonight we were supposed to have two people, both whom are very good friends of mine, but unfortunately, Debbie is under the weather and she was trying to pull through to come tonight and I'm glad that she's resting, so please send her healing and prayers and good thoughts. But we have her other half uh, tonight. I'll read you his bio first. He's been on the show before. We just wanted to have both of them together. We haven't done that, but we will do that in the future, I promise. Uh, so. I'm going to start the way he's written. That's very creative. He said, would you like to learn how to eliminate persistent aches, pains, fears, phobias, and debilitating emotions such as anger, confusion, depression, that stuck feeling, etc.? No medication, no prescriptions, no surgeries, and no ongoing therapy involved. Just your past life memories. So my guest this evening is Chris Lee, a Canadian, fellow Canadian, clinical hypnotherapist specializing in his method of past life regression therapy, and he's going to explain how to learn his system. Chris realized through the years that he enjoyed helping people, first in sales, and then eight years as a policeman. Then the opportunity to be, hypno to be a hypnotherapist came along 29 years ago. He generally tours doing his talk called Life in the Past Lane, so far over 225 times in six countries. This is to explain what he does, how he does it, and the benefits of this method. And I'm a huge proponent of this method. Chris has written four books in a series called Life in the Past Lane with two more coming. For seven years, he's been training small groups of people who want to learn to do what he does. That's also on my bucket list. <laughs> Lately, he does one-on-one -on -one training online using Skype. He developed his highly successful system over the past 28 years, and this is not done by past life readings. His, elim his system eliminates persistent aches, pains, fears, phobias, and debilitating emotions such as anger, confusion, depression, that stuck feeling, etc. He does this with a one and a half to two hour one on one session using Skype, unless you happen to stop in his office in Mexico. <laughs> Welcome, Chris. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you, Lori Lee. The guy sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, you wrote it. I got my computer <laughs> on my laptop here. Hey, Dave. Uh, Dave, I saw your message. I didn't get a chance to uh, answer it. So thanks so much for being here. Dave's one of our regular viewers, and he's been a guest on the show as well. He's an astrologer and a biologist, too. So he's pretty Hi. interesting. Mm -hmm. Can you see me at all? I look kind of dark. Uh, a little bit. We'll have to ask the audience. Dave, can you see see 
uh, Chris, he's a pretty handsome guy, so you should see your face. Can you turn on the light, maybe, Chris? Oh, I tried. I'm just will you give me a moment. I'll go yeah, get another light. Yeah, go ahead. I can touch out with you. Yeah. Oops, got a little bit of wiggling around. Sorry about the audio, guys, if you're listening. I do want to remind you, too. Oh, he really had to do his headphones. There we go. Um, come on over to uh, UPRN or UFO Paranormal Radio Network's Facebook page and YouTube channels. Tonight, we are streaming on um ufo paranormal radio on youtube and we're also on our secondary channel uh ufo gods and extraterrestrials uh i'm also streaming on my facebook or facebook ad. oh sorry guys for the audio g'day michelle over in australia you're up nice to see you hugs thanks dave for the feedback he tried still a bit dark wait wait i think he's got a light yeah he's got a light um Anyways, come on over to those pages because if you want to join in the conversation like Dave and Michelle are, and we'd love to have you be part of it, uh, head over there because otherwise I can't see the comments on the other pages. So are you plugged back in, Chris? Yeah. Is that any better? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Dave said you're kind of dark. Well, you guys will just have to go to his, his page, I guess, to see what he looks like. He'll be our mystery guest this evening. That's all we can do. Sort of. Kind of. There you go. You can kind of see you. Oh, it's a spotlight. That's uh, all you got? Is it dark in Mexico already? No, the sun goes down in about uh, an hour and 20 minutes, about 5, 5.20. Yeah, because you're in Mountain Standard Time? Yeah, that's right. So. Okay, here where I am in almost smack dab the middle of uh, Canada, and Chris and Debbie have actually been through Thunder Bay. I know they have, but not when I knew, not when we knew each other. Too bad, because if they ever come back again... We're not letting you guys get away without getting together with you. <laughs> so we've got Texas here in the chat with Dave and we've got Michelle over in Australia. So welcome. So we kind of changed things on a dime up here, guys. So let's talk about this, Chris, because you do do things a little differently with uh, past life regression. So what is this for people? Because I talk in my readings and I do quite a bit of healing work. And that is one of the things I definitely suggest to people you at the top of the list i do i recommend you always to people but why is it effective and what is it okay so somebody's on from australia okay michelle a, my birthday a, twin almost <laughs> i did a couple tours there and because we spent a few winters well summers there winters yeah. to us yeah, a few years ago and it's quite the country okay but uh what it's all about is yes we're in mexico now have found it a little nicer and and quieter and and uh, like i said it's it was cool today it's only 24 i think or 25. oh sure rub it in those well <laughs> michelle's probably got a pretty warm over in australia and texas doesn't get too too cold mind you one year they did with that ice storm <laughs> yeah no it's usually not too bad at all yeah we're in mazalan it's on the west coast uh about three hours north of uh, Puerto Vallarta. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice tourist town, tourist it's city, 600,000 people. So it's nice here. So, but we just rent. What it is, is that we, we we're in Ontario, but uh, we packed up uh, Leamington near Windsor, Ontario. Mm -hmm. So now far as tours go, yes, I was using my bio that mentioned I did tours. Now I don't really do them much anymore because of that that pandemic nasty thing we can't talk about but you got to tell people because we got people listening from all walks of life not just in the field that we work in you and i and debbie what is past life regression and why why does it work what is it 
Okay, that, that you never ask. Okay, what what it's okay? What it's about? First of all, I took clinical hypnotherapist uh, training back in 1993, way, way, way back. And the thing is, is that I wasn't sure about you know past lives because of the religion I was subjected to when I was younger, but I got over it. So I was very open-minded. Now in the training, because about half the world that believes in past life and obviously half don't. Uh, a lot of the schools in North America that teach hypnotherapy don't do anything about past life because a higher percentage North America don't believe in it. So think of the logic. If you're running a school and you want to get as many students as possible, you're not going to mention something that, you know, majority of the people don't really believe in or a lot of them don't. So there wasn't any past life regression taught, but we did have an example done. The teacher said oh, about halfway through the course, does anybody want to see a past life regression uh, demonstration? So all of our hands went up. Now we had what, uh, 25 in our class, it was fair size. Right. And then he said, who wants to volunteer? So 25 hands came down. Okay. Yeah, of course. But it wasn't from fears because everybody wanted to watch it because not knowing what it's about, we thought that you wouldn't remember anything, which is contrary to what happened. Sure. But one of the girls, one of the girls volunteered. We sort of went, you, you, you go, you go, you go. So you go went up. Anyhow, yeah. so what happened was that he slowed her down and she was sitting there in a chair, no lying down, which is another fallacy. People think that where's the, where do I lay down? And I'll say when they come into my office, I'll say, oh, "Why are you paying me to sleep?" <laughs> no. It's just a lot of people think that you you disappear into la la land and mm -hmm. that type of thing. So not doesn't happen. So any of the girl was sitting in the desk or a chair, sorry, and he slowed her down. And then what came up was like I had my paper and pen ready because I like doing that, going mm-hmm. And he, she describes seeing herself as a boy about nine or 10 years old mm -hmm. in central states playing on a train track in the 30s, 1930s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kids used to do a lot of that because they didn't have those video games. So anyhow, what happened was a train come, or she, she, the switch changed and caught the boy's foot. And unfortunately, the train came along and, and uh, killed, the, killed the boy. Aww. Yeah. Everybody in the group was ah. Then I remember that you're going to come back, anyways. So now I went, wow. So I marked, wrote it down because again, I wasn't sure, but yeah. I wanted to hear about. And the but next, but she knew she wasn't making this up, right? Like watching this because you guys kind of urged her to go up there, so there was no pre-planning or anything, right? No, no. Yeah, suit to me. No, he didn't. He actually did a little differently. Like he just said, "Go to an interesting past life." That's about all. I go another direction. Like, Tell you to go to the past lives that's in your that's in your face bothering you, but anyhow, though the second one he did another one. Everybody, anybody want to see another one? Everybody's hands went up, and he she said, "Oh, it's 1942. I'm in England, and what do you think was going on in 1942 in England?" War. You're right, War. World War Two. I knew you were just going to say that, World War Two, and she said. There were bombs going off. Well, remember... That's what I was going to say, actually, probably the bombing. <laughs> yeah. I, I really was. I really was. It's almost like I can see it and hear it as, as I'm explaining it to you. Mm -hmm. Does this screen get any bigger? Uh, I might be able to. Why? Do you want to show something? Well, no, I just said I always see you like a little tiny square. 
Let me see cool. as you're talking. Let me see what I can do. There was like full screen next to it. Anyhow, while you're doing that. How about that? Well, twice the size. Okay. How's that? Now they can just see your, 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 you look like I'm interviewing a mystery guest, like keeping <laughs> your identity hidden. <laughs> there you go. Well, get part of your face. Go on. I want to hear what happened. Go okay. ahead. 1942. I wasn't set up here with my light. Okay. That's okay. Don't worry. So, so anyhow, that was about all she, she uh, reported. So I, wow, I made notes and stuff like that. What was really interesting is the next day when she came to class, everybody came to class, she stood up and said, hey, guys, I've always wondered why I was afraid of thunder and trains. Oh, okay. Huh. I can feel it still, like the, the memories that you can trigger emotions there. And I, I went, wow. And then she said the thing that really got me interested in past life, she said, it's gone. The two fears are gone. Wow. That's when I went, holy crap. And he didn't even try to remove it, right? She just yeah, visited it. That's how it works, seeing it. Mm -hmm. Because what my system works on is, I call it the unknown noise. Mm -hmm. A good example I use on a lot of in my talks. For example, let's say you're living alone in a big, dark, spooky house, and the wind's howling. Quite, quite often somebody howls, so it's good sound effects. Mm -hmm. I thought Debbie does it. And what happens oh, is... Debbie, you're supposed to be doing the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, she makes the howl. Okay. Say, now, all of a sudden, there's a crash. And you jump up and go, what the hmm is that? Yeah. You know, being polite there. And then she heard, say, it, what the hell? <laughs> heard it again. And you realize that it's just the wind blowing a branch against the window. Now, you go back. Now, unless you're going to go fix the window or... or the tree you go back to sleep I later that night there's another crash this time you jump up and go what the heck is that is noise you've never heard before and that's when people sort of run amok somebody coming to kill me the boogeyman the uh or you know somebody come to rob the place that type of stuff so unless you go and check it out most of us will pull up our bulletproof covers and try and get some protection. <laughs> or you could be that stupid person in the horror movie that everybody's yelling at the screen. Don't go in there. Don't go watch. <laughs> That's a good analogy. I like that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the next morning you're going to work and you the wind's still howling and blowing. And you're going out the door and you hear that noise and it's off to your left. So you look to the left and you realize it's the neighbor's garbage can. He's got a new metal garbage can. You used to have the bags that the dogs like the nail. Then you're going to make a very, very profound statement, Lord Lee. You're going to say, it's just a garbage can. Damn okay. that neighbor. And <laughs> you got to the next part. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and uh, some adjectives about the neighbor. Yes. And the next night, same another windy night, wind blows the garbage can over. More than likely, you won't wake up. But if you do, you'll say it's that damn garbage can. Because the garbage can isn't coming to kill you. It's just a noise. And if you are bothered by it, then there's then you need more help. But anyhow, yeah. it's, you know that it's what it is. So that's right. why I call mine the noise. Her seeing that she was playing on train track and also doing the bombing, that's all it took is to see it. There's no magic. You don't say, now let it go or poof. Or, none of that. It's seeing it. 
and letting it go because we don't we get bothered by stuff we don't know what it is and past lives will still bother you there's different things we'll get into that continually because we don't know where it came from because most of the time a lot of people don't believe in it or you don't know how to get to it why do we carry it forward from past lives is is a question i know a lot of people ask sorry why do we carry things from past lives forward into present time for example See, why people you, ask that you are psychic because i was just going to that <laughs> sorry okay well, the only thing that you do sort of see a lot of uh, about past life is if you have reoccurring bad dreams. I add bad because nobody has reoccurring nice dreams. Mm -hmm. But it just those are past lives that you're stuck in in the subconscious. Now, let me just back up a pinch now. Okay. Your, your mind is made up of two parts, obviously conscious and subconscious. Mm -hmm. The conscious part is not very big. It's about not 5%. So you can, I'm sure, mathematically figure out the balance. 95% is the subconscious. Subconscious is just a storage. It holds everything. everything. I can yeah. take people back, and I have a few, done with a few people to watching themselves being born. Didn't you tell me one time on a show, this has always stuck with me, I found it so fascinating. You've done a few lives where people remember when the earth was created, like being part of the wind and part of the atmosphere and stuff. No, maybe it wasn't you. I've had one other person that told me this. I thought maybe it was you. But I remember they told me that, like, I was positive it was you. It was on my old network. I'm positive because it was, they they were, maybe it wasn't. But I, somebody told me this. They've that's had some cases. That's something I'll check out, though. Okay. Like good, good new suggestions. Now, what happens is, is that, as you know, we are not, we're just flesh and blood. Yes, we are energy. Energy doesn't die, it continues. You've heard of lots of stories of people, kids, especially under age eight, remembering you know, other lives and other parents and stuff for that. Because what happens is your conscious, subconscious are together when you're born. Mm -hmm. They separate around the age seven or eight. That's when reasoning okay. comes in. That's when people, parents start you know, teaching kids the stuff that they were taught, which doesn't mean it's correct, but anyhow. What happened is, okay. is that also, uh, up to about seven or eight, kids often have imaginary friends, that type of thing. I work quite a bit with that with people yeah. because I think it bears a lot of investigation on a parent's part to find out exactly what's behind all that. Yeah. Around seven or eight, they start to disbelieve it where the parents tell them it's not there. It's ridiculous. Yep. And all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. I always tell parents, don't say it's not there. Just ask them, describe them. Did they bury yeah. treasure somewhere? Mm -hmm. I just did a reading. I would never give away uh, personal information, but somebody shared yeah. with me. Now, not quite past lives, so they did remember stuff back from their infancy. And actually, they did share some past lives. They think they, they remember. And I said, if you think they are, more than likely they are, especially when you describe them in detail and and who you were and what. But they also could see auras, which is our energy fields as children and what happened to them. And I said, you know, we can't blame your parent for this, your parent at that time. <laughs> well, you can't at that time, right? This person is within our age group parents. That wasn't something normal. You would have a conversation about. So they kept saying to their parent, why does that person have all like those rainbows and colors? And their dad, it was a dad and a dad, they said, looked at them like the, were strange and then they you know so a child can interpret a strange look right so yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. 
That's very interesting. The but um, where was I saying? Yeah. So the yeah, parents should ask the kids to describe the person and get more details. And again, if they happen to bury treasure somewhere, maybe they could go and dig it up somewhere. There you go. But uh, I actually followed something about that. It was uh, actually happened in England, and we went when we were in England. I tried looking up where this place was. This guy had hid stuff in the walls. But it was now a shopping mall. So oh, darn. I had a feeling it wasn't going to be there anymore. I bet it wasn't. Now, here's how this works. We are energy. We have a soul group. I'm sure you've heard of that word. Yes, works. I have. And I always, when I'm, sometimes I find my book, not all soul groups are from Motown. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyhow, what it is, is that okay. we have a group. Okay. How big it is, it's, there's a range. I don't tell people what it is. It's not very big because when we go in a session, to the soul group, I don't want to give them the power suggestion of how big it might be. But whatever size your group is, that's what it's always been. Now, apparently, they're being made all the time. So when you hear about old souls and new souls, it isn't like they're all made at the same time and some aren't right. It's just apparently, if you read Michael Newton's books, uh, Life Between Lives, he writes, he's written two books, uh, Between Lives, they're quite fascinating, very interesting. Now, apparently, they're being made all the time. You get signed, here's your group, away you go, go and mature. And we apparently mature by coming into the human form to learn lessons. Now, I'm going to stop you there just for one second. Yeah. I, I, you know what, hon? Every time you move, we get a lot of clicking and noise, and it's cutting out, and you're talking about such interesting stuff, so oh. I might have to ask you just that. Okay. <laughs> okay, I've, sorry. I have a hard time sitting still. I like so to, do I. I like so to do dance. I. I was better? hoping it was going to settle, but I know there'll be people just listening to the sound. They'll go, I can't hear with the clicking, so I thought i got to say something. I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Is that, is that better? Much better. Okay. Check to see if I'm alive. I haven't moved. You're alive. <laughs> yeah, now that you're our mystery guest still. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Okay. What's on my on the, on your... Um, your picture's on there. Advertising, yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, what happened is, is that we learn why we come into the human form to learn lessons is because energy does not feel aches and pains. You're supposed to go through this and, and emotions, etc. So we pick our, where we're going to go. Now we get the group together. You know, just say, say you got ten people. Whoops, I moved again. Is that better? It's okay. It's okay. There's ten. Say you got ten. You get together and go, okay, you're going to be the bad guy. You're the good guy because it's not a chick flick. Somebody has to be the bad guy. And you're going to do this role. I'm going to do that role. And we're supposed to learn, let's just say, patience. That's one of the lessons. And you're not going to a Buddhist uh, Zen um, <laughs> monastery either to learn it, right? Not even close. <laughs> now, we, when you come into the human form, you don't really know who your soul group is, but you get a feeling. Have you ever met people and say a oh, bunch yeah. of people and all of a sudden one seems like you've known them forever? I have an incredible story. I have an yeah. incredible story from across a room. It was something like out of a, a yeah. romance novel. And I am telling you from the minute our eyes met and I know this person, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I have been in many lifetimes with them. I was supposed to marry yeah. them in this lifetime. Didn't quite happen, but we're still <laughs> friends. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we often play similar roles, like husband mm -hmm. and wife and that, but not always. But uh, also, if you ever met somebody you instantly don't like, they'll probably be one of your soul group. Your worst okay. enemy often is one of your soul group. Mm -hmm. But you don't know that for sure, because if you did know, you would say, oh, you're just being, playing a role. 
um, I'm not going to take you seriously. Well, that's how it works. Now, the way the lesson works is this way, is that when we don't, when we die, and if we haven't finished the lesson, mm -hmm. it doesn't go away. Nice try. <laughs> okay. So if somebody commits suicide and they weren't supposed to, it's going to happen again and again. So don't even think about it. In fact, your soul group won't be very happy to see you if you've done it when you weren't supposed to. There are times when you should have. But anyway, so what happened is, is that the lesson isn't done, finished. In the old days, people died younger. Uh, you know, people got, you know, their head cut off for stealing a loaf of bread, all kinds of stuff. So we didn't really have long time to try and finish the lesson. Now, what happened then is that basically the injury or ache or what happy occurred when you just finished that life, it, your subconscious stores everything, as I told you. If you've had a thousand past lives, which I've come across, every second's in there. We could go to every one of them if we got a, week, a year or two to go through them, but we don't. We just go to the ones that are in your face sort of thing. So what happened is, is that, like for example, um, there's a thing that I call, I, nick, I sort of nickname turtleneck syndrome. You've probably met people that can't wear something around their neck or have people touch yep. their neck. Yep. That's because they either they got hung, beheaded, or strangled. And that means that that life was finished and obviously wasn't finished with. So your subconscious is there to help you try and finish the lessons. It brings them up. But if you don't have a clue where it came from, that's why we can't take care of it. And when you come into the human form again for the next time, you've got a new lesson to learn. You don't come in just to finish that one again. You always get a new one, but you get other ones that you try to finish off. Well, good luck on that one. Sometimes they get in the way. So one thing I have found very quickly is that I cannot tell anybody or find for anybody what their current life lesson is. I tried that twice. Uh, the first time the woman said, um, it was like a steel door slammed right in front of her face and that she'd already seen three lives. So I knew it wasn't not working. And then I tried one more about a week later, and the woman said, my guide is standing beside me. And I looked around, I don't see these things. And she said, he said, no. Then I got a brain fart. I said, I bet he doesn't mind me getting rid of the junk that prevents you from doing your life lesson. And she said something that gave me a tear. He said, he did a, he did a thumbs up. So I realized what it is. Can't help you with your current life but stuff that's in the way. And a good example of something in your way, let's say, for example, now, Fears and Phobias, my book number two, I've dealt with 141 different fears and phobias. A lot of them are ones of, ones of. The top four, a little, little quiz here, the top four fears in the world, what do you think they are? Heights, drowning, yep. Fear, success, yep. and I forget the fourth one because I remembered these well, Chris. I really took. The, I have had sessions with Chris. So you guys know I just had a recent one. It wasn't a past life regression, but we got one hell of a lot of information, didn't we, Chris? You did good. You got three or four. The fourth one is is uh, is uh, uh, confinement. Uh, oh right, claustrophobia. Yeah, claustrophobia. Now let's say, for example, you have in this life. Fear of heights. And the ones that it really bothers are people that, if you mention heights, they get butterflies and that kind of stuff. That's a little bit over the top, where some just, like, I have respect for heights, but I don't, you know, panic over them. 
Now, what happened is, let's say your life lesson in this life was to save a family that lives on a mountain. <laughs> you're not going to do it because you've got a fear of heights. So, therefore, that fear you dragged in from a life you didn't finish is interfering with your current life lesson. And you're going to have to do it over and over and over again. One lady, she had, she was supposed to learn patience. And one thing I, I in the session, as you recall, I talked to you continually. Because okay. I don't see any of this stuff. I'm not psychic. I'm not, I don't see any of this stuff. And if I did, I wouldn't tell you anyways. Because you have to see it. Remember, you have to see the garbage can. Not me tell you it's a garbage can. So what happened was the... Uh, the I went off on the tangent. What was I talking about? Oh, if you don't get to see the garbage can, <laughs> I have to see it if you're doing this yeah. session. But I had a couple questions. So finish what oh, you're going to oh, say, Chris, because we do have some questions and comments. Okay, no, I'll go for the questions. I'm trying to make okay. I went on a tangent. I'm going to give a comment and then I'm going to read the question. So Michelle Pratt from Australia says, yes, my partner hates tight things around his neck. I keep telling him. Um, that he's been hung in a former life. So she would probably be correct, but yep. he would have to probably go through a session to see exactly what that was, right? Because yep. he could have been strangled. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different things that could have happened. I also know Michelle's very intuitive too. Um, um, okay, so she says, I'm very curious about changing timelines and dimensions and past lives. Now, do these all intersect in your opinion, Chris, or are they all sort of separate entities? Changing timelines and dimensions and past lives, she said. I'm curious about the three of them. And if you don't think you do or you're not sure, that's fine not, to not say. Not sure too. about that. Again, when people ask me heavy questions in my talks, my favorite answer is, I don't know, but I know how to fix you. Yeah, but you know what? Oh. I, I I will tell you right now from the people I know here that are here, people appreciate honesty. So it's better to just say it. I don't know. I haven't, mm -hmm. I haven't seen it. It hasn't come up. So, you know what I wanted to ask you about tonight? Because I was thinking about what we, I had changed directions because poor Debbie. And remember, if you're just joining us, Debbie was supposed to be here, Chris's uh, wife, but uh, she's very sick. So please send her healing energy and prayers and good thoughts. And Chris, oh. you sound like you're getting a little hoarse. I hope you're not getting this too. Oh, no, no. no. What, it, what it was is I forgot to bring some water here. So what Debbie's got is she's got a cracked rib. I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just that she's got a slight cold and she sneezes a lot and coughs a lot. And oh. it, hurts the, it hurts the ribs. So mm -hmm. she's just taking it easy. I don't diagnose, but being a nurse and Debbie's a close friend of mine. So I've sent her all kinds of information today. Nothing to overwhelm, but just hopefully so she'll be feeling better. But um, I wanted to ask you, because I don't know about you, but I am seeing a lot of this in the news. And I think it has to do with the time that we're in right now. But truth seems to be rising to the surface, as I believe it always does. And there's been a lot of big unsolved cases with murder. And um, seems to be a lot of like serial killer type things coming out in the United States. And I wonder, I know you've written, haven't you written a book about that? With some covered some serial killers. Uh, yeah. Well, you can see me better now. Okay. Yes, we can see you. Turn, turn to the camera. Perfect. Okay, so with with serial killers, what have you found? Because I think people will find this fascinating, right? Because nobody wants to think of themselves as the bad guy, but we have to take a turn, <laughs> don't we? Mm -hmm. I remember one lady said, 
I don't know if I want to do this. I, I might have been done something bad in a past life. I said, I guarantee you have. Guarantee, yeah. That's part of it. You have to be the bad guy so you can feel or understand both directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, book number four, I'm working on number five, is, uh, uh, is uh, to do with Jack the Ripper, uh, serial killers, dungeons, uh, uh, a few incidents, like not happy ones, crimes against, crimes against humanity. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that first because nobody would have read the next few books after that. <laughs> so. Well, some people are really interested. I'm surprised yeah. the amount of people that are interested in true crime, actually. It's been a fascinating journey looking into that, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember that other one, that woman that uh, she had to learn. She had to, so I go and tend sometimes. And I have to That's okay. So much to. The conversation just goes wherever it goes. Is that she had to learn. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. But when I talk to the client, that's what I was talking about, is that I don't see the stuff. So I have to ask questions like, are you going upstairs? Or what's it look like? And that kind of stuff. And it's amazing how people relate all the time. You know, they can see it. They can hear it or feel it. Whereas I don't see anything, so I just know what's going to happen. But what happens is that I can ask the subconscious question. There's a, I'll simply say, if I need to get it more direct, I want your subconscious to answer this question. How many past lives have you had trying to learn patience? And she went, oh, my God, 112. Wow. <laughs> I said, I think it's time to finish it because you ain't going to go. <laughs> when you apparently when you finish or you've. you've involved you go up into other jobs you get uh, patience is a gu- hard thing guide, to learn. Guide, guides and that kind of stuff yeah but patience is a hard lesson i would believe to mm-hmm. learn like let me tell you I, I don't believe it was my lesson in this lifetime but i have had had to have an incredible incredible amount of patience i have a special needs child worked in very high high stress jobs and i remember the more stressful it would get it's not so much patience but you can get frustrated you can get overwhelmed you can get all these things right and the more i worked in icu so the more it would get more stressful and things would really overwhelm and can try your patience people would say to me how are you getting so calm and i'd say i have no idea but I don't feel that way on the outside or on the inside, but on the outside, it would come out that way. It was really strange. A lot of it's your experience from other lives. I think so. Like, like people that they say, well, so-and-so has got natural talent. They've been, Mozart was playing a piano by two or three. Yes. It it wasn't because he was intelligent. I guarantee you, he played a piano in many other past lives. You're relearning to ride the bicycle. I've helped people improve their talents. So all of my stuff isn't just aches and pains and that. I help people improve talents. So uh, how does that work, Chris? Well, I just simply say, let your subco- let's say you want to know why you like guitar or how to get better with it. I'll just simply say, let your subconscious take you back to a past life that you played guitar that you could make use of. Oh, and okay. significant point. Fair enough. Actually, I turned out, I can't, I cannot do this stuff to myself. I have to get some one of my graduates to work on yeah. this. And that's why I know I, I like the Spanish music. I do play classical guitar here. And it's because I was one of the uh, mariachis. Uh, oh, okay. See, no, I didn't know that about you. So that's something new I learned tonight. Well, I don't, I don't play it like professionally, just more for fun. No, but you're building on a talent that you've had in a previous life. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so in a band. Uh, a funny one, 
Okay, I learned this one. I think I've seen everything, which I know I haven't. Something else I'll talk about. A lady said to me, I'm tired, uh, I'm alone, I'd like to get a hobby, but I don't know what to do. So I said, let your subconscious get back to a hobby that you could make use of in this life. Within moments, she's describing being in the Vatican Square, you know, the big open area in, in Okay. Rome. And there was a woman in front of her doing pottery. She, oh. And it was, in the, it was in the 1600s. Okay. I, and... She said, I'm watching her spin, you know, the thingy. I use yeah. technical terms, thingy. And then she said, but I used to do that in high school, she said. The pottery so here, wheel, yeah. So here's where I often will say to, um, when the person sees this life, I'll say, say hi to this life. You can't actually talk to your past lives. I'll usually get the, get you to know their first mm -hmm. name. You can get their first names almost always. Last names, sometimes they hold it back. So I said, so... What happens if it's say a guitar i'll say get their name ask them if they'll help you well this one jumped even further i said ask her if she'll help you with the pottery and she said it's too late she's already got me at the wheel i'm turning it and i'm spinning this stuff what have you wow. and, and since then she's taken up pottery again so, wow. so i can go you know to talents as well or or uh, Fear of success, for example, is one of the top ones I can teach. You can find out why you sabotage yourself, that type of thing. But, I think uh, that's one of mine. Sorry? I'm, I think that's one of mine. One of my things is a fear of success. Because yeah. I'm always doing a million things at once. And I keep getting more and more great ideas and doing more and more stuff. But <laughs> then as I get closer, and I do know part of the reason, because my frontal lobe, my mind, which we all think runs our life, I start asking questions from the eagle, like, well, how could I do that? How could I travel with this? How could I do this? I have a special needs kid at home, blah, 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 blah. That I know what the answer is, breaking it down. But that would be a yes. good reason to have a past life regression, right? Yes, that's your conscious talking. Mm -hmm. You got to remember the conscious isn't big. It's there as a processor. It has never been to a past life, hasn't got a clue, but it likes to think it's got an eagle. It knows everything. Yes. <laughs> So that's why when they have people slow down, we drop most of the conscious out and get it out of there. We do have some conscious, so you know what you're doing and how you can drop or eliminate uh, your concerns, the bad ones. But what happened is, is just stop asking questions. It was never there. But the reason why with success being in the, the I think it was the third one, the third busiest uh, phobia, is because you were killed in a past life for being in higher authority or you had money or, and they didn't have CS. I needed that yeah. reminder because yes. as you're saying this, little Remember. bits and pieces are, yeah. And it's all, I'm getting goosebumps. Holy crap. And it's all <laughs> here. It's all coming together yeah. because, and see you guys, I'm sharing personal stuff here about me. I don't always share it. There's some personal stuff, but okay. that is exactly all the pieces are all falling into place as you're saying this. <laughs> because they didn't have CSI back in the old days, so people got away with killing you. And your subconscious says, don't get too... There's a fellow, one good example, this one guy, he had a small store, but he'd play the stock market. And he was actually working his way up to, he had, was now worth about a million in shares and stocks and that. Then he started making the stupidest decisions and started losing it. So he wanted to know what the heck was going on. So sure enough, he had been a businessman 
and was robbed and killed because he was too successful. So roughly what happens is the subconscious says, don't get too successful. Somebody will kill you. It doesn't quite happen that way anymore, but your subconscious doesn't care what year this is. So that's where it, it comes from. So ah, we sabotage it. We often sabotage ourselves to prevent getting what too. What about addictions, stuff. Chris, for people? Because we we see a lot of that yeah, addictions. Yeah. So what, what happens? Why is it so common that you're seeing? Like, why is this happening? Because it wasn't finished in the past life. Mm-hmm. There's lots of addictions, not just you know, cigarettes. You know, there's drugs, there's alcohol. Alcohol, uh, gambling. Ab- abusiveness, that type of It's just you haven't finished the lesson. And it's not going to go away because we cannot do this on our own. As I said, I can't do this to myself. I found out now why I don't like cottage cheese because especially it's mostly the look of it. <laughs> okay. It was something to do with Africa and the tribe. And we made a concoction that was sort of tribal and looked like that. And somebody, a, a, uh, another tribe that didn't like us had, had slipped some poison in it. Oh, okay. So that's why I don't like cottage cheese at the look of it. So, How about a- eggs? So I guess somebody must have poisoned eggs. I can't even smell them. My mother loved eggs, apparently. When she was pregnant with me, she said if she even smelt one, she'd be violently ill. And I said, that was because it was me down there yanking on the umbilical cord saying, don't send that crap down here. <laughs> yeah. Very funny. There is true. Rest- there is gracioso. That's Spanish for you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's true. Michelle says hers is coffee, and yeah. oh yeah, lot like Any, just anybody that can't stand certain things, I can guarantee you, roughly a hundred percent, that it's something from a past life. You don't get born with like a dislike for like you said the eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 carried through. It's all and again. The whole thing is not going how to get to it. It doesn't go away. You know what people, people, oh, go ahead, Chris, sorry. I get people that say, well, I've got diabetes, but it runs in the family. And I said, you picked that family. And they Mm -hmm. said, what do you mean? It meant that you were supposed to learn how to handle it or whatever pain came from it. So when do we come into the human form? We actually pick our parents Mm -hmm. and most of the people around us. I get people say, well, I wouldn't pick my parents. I say, well, if you were to learn to be abused and that your parents that you just got born into were the happy couple again, you'd be waiting to another one abusive. Mm-hmm. It's just that in people that have a family that runs in the family, it just means they've got a weak gene that causes the cancer. So they jump into that one so they can get it easier so mm-hmm. that they can learn to handle it. So that, that makes sense. That makes that okay. That makes sense having that genetic component, but you jump in. I got it. Okay, Michelle, there's another similar. Never, never mind. We're almost birthday twins. We both do resin. You hate eggs too. There you go. She said, (laughs) I figured I was egged in a former life. (laughs) Like, I don't like avocados, and there's lots of them here. I can eat them, it's just mushy. Yeah, like, like, um, like, uh, uh, what do you call them? Hickama. No. Uh, oh, pi- that's a pineapples good question. And, and melons and stuff. Like that. But got another I, good question. What about being a black sheep of the family? What have you found anything with that? With as again, is it just like a protagonist within the family to push certain buttons to help others achieve their goals, or what have you found? 
that could happen. Keep in mind that when you got a family, they've all come from different lines of past lives. So that's why they're not all in sync. They've all got different experiences that get in the way. Or, but There are actually situations when we come into the human form, we doesn't happen very often, but we come in with no lesson to learn, is to help others from our soul group. You see, in the soul group, when you go out to learn lessons, only some of you go out maybe and you learn more than some of the ones that didn't. So your job is to, with your group is to help bring them all up together. So what happens is sometimes you have to come back into a past life with them to help them with certain things. A good example is like a child being born and dies within, you know, weeks, months or whatever. People say, well, what's the lesson for that child? Nothing. Mm -hmm. It's for the grieving parents. I actually saw recently um, a parent who had miscarried many, many times. Mm -hmm. And then they finally had a successful pregnancy and they had a little boy that was three. And she actually shared this in one of my groups that he kept saying exactly what you said. I picked you and daddy as my parents. <laughs> but then he said, and this time I decided to stay. And she said, what did you mean, sweetheart? And he said, I was scared to come. Many times I was going to come. And then I changed my mind that I'm not, I'm not doing it justice, but basically, and I believe she was being truthful. And I believe this is what the child was trying to say was that was the reason for these miscarriages that mm -hmm. finally he built up the courage to continue on with a lifetime here. Yeah, that makes mm -hmm. sense. Seeing mm -hmm. that, yes. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. Basically, what it is, is that when people come in, I have them fill in the questionnaire with the shopping list yes. of their stuff. Like you did. And Mine was really long. We didn't work on it all. We had a few <laughs> sessions. I didn't do the other. Well, I've done a few. I think I've done at least one with you, if not more. But like I said, the hypnosis session was very cool, too, because it kind of went back in time. Some of the stuff that came through, it was mm -hmm. interesting. It was different. I've had both with you, so I can tell you they were yeah. different, but interesting. <laughs> Actually, to back up, how this whole thing works is that there's, oh yeah, hypnosis. When I do my talk, the main reason I've done my talk is to explain to people what hypnosis isn't. Mm -hmm. Thank a, you. I was just thinking that we got to get on that topic so people uh, don't go with the, the I got stereotypes. That I got that feeling. You had the look yeah. on your face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. uh, the main thing I start off with, any, how many people here believe in past lives? Now, in my group, it's a majority because they're already coming because they know yes. what I'm talking about. Then I say, how many people aren't sure? And sometimes you get a hand or two up. And I always ask, how many people here don't believe in it? And I had a couple times but the interesting one was in winnipeg it was a big group and a woman slowly put her hand up and everybody started looking at her so i politely asked why she was there she said i don't there. really believe in past life but my daughter does and mm -hmm. she needed a ride here tonight yeah i knew it somebody is always dragged to something like this <laughs> still there mm -hmm. yeah i'm still here can you hear me i lost you oh, can you hear me yeah Okay, good. I must have, I moved and I probably pulled my plug out. Sorry. Okay. No, did you see the part, hear the part of what she put her hand up? Yeah, I Didn't said believe? what I said when it disconnected. I said every now and then you hear somebody getting dragged to something like this and then it's life changing <laughs> for them yes. usually. Mm -hmm. She came up and asked a lot of questions at because I do recommend some books. 
Michael Newton is another good one. Uh, Richard Sutton, he's, uh, uh, what's his name that wrote? Uh, uh, many, lives, many, many, many lives, many masters. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if I don't think of them, I got so much to, to storage. Thank you, Manuel. What he told you? Oh, I no, somebody just said love and light, Manuel. So I was to, and Michelle said she can see and hear both of us well. So I said thanks for that while you were talking. Sorry, that's good. So, anyhow, then I say, How many people here have been hypnotized? Now, let's say there's a group of 20, is a common, and four or five will put their hand up, and I'll say, Okay, does anybody here ever had? Uh, a boring uh, had a boring subject in school hands go up did anybody ever daydream and stay up <laughs> okay. that's hypnosis has anybody here ever read a book or watched a tv show so intently intently you don't hear people talking to you or and, drove home and don't know how you got there sorry drove home and you don't know how you yeah, got yeah, there yeah exactly mm -hmm. that's repetition too okay. what happened i says has anybody ever uh, slept in the last 24 hours and hands, of course, go up. I says, mm -hmm. that's all hypnosis. So how many people here have been hypnotized? Everybody's got to put their hand up. You see, a misunderstanding. People think hypnosis is that la-la land. Or the biggest thing that I have to overcome is hypnotist shows. Yes. Hypnotist shows, uh, i got some friends that are hypnotists that do that. And they know what I do. And sometimes I'll you know, come and watch them. It's just the power suggestion. You see, when... They, you hear them making, you know, tell them to bark like a dog or that kind of stupidity. But it's a lot of fun. Is that the people on stage are 100% aware of what they're doing. And they just don't care. You see, about 10% of the world are what's called sonambulistic. It took me a year to pronounce that. What it, what it means is they're already hypnotized. They're, they don't care. You, you've met people. Those, they don't mind being stupid or acting silly or they're not, they're not embarrassed. <laughs> That's I didn't believe you. Now, this was on my old network when I first uh -huh. had you on. I never said it to you, mm -hmm. but I always kept that in my mind because it was very astounding the first time you had said this to me. Because what I love about you, Chris, is you had offered for me to try the, the try it myself with you because I think it's important as a host to experience mm -hmm. what you're talking about, right? Yeah. And at first when you said that, I never said anything, but it really stuck with me. And over the years, with all the research and stuff I've done, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you actually are regressed, slowed down, you actually are about the age of seven or eight. How hard is, or less? How hard is it for someone <laughs> that age to act silly on stage? Not at all. But, here, but here's the biggest clincher. If you really watch the production and live, so you can watch mm -hmm. the sidelines, during this show, he always tries to get lots up. And during the show, you'll notice that he will send people off every once in a while. He'll, he'll, he'll say, thank you. Thanks for coming. Goodbye. It's because they're not moving now. They're not acting silly. And the reason for that is because kids can get bored. Mm -hmm. So if they're no longer having fun and they're just sitting like a bump in the log, it doesn't look good for his show, so he sends them off. Because if they were under his control, which they're never, yeah. then he wouldn't have to do that. There is no loss of control whatsoever because nobody forces you to daydream. Nobody forces you to ignore people when you're single focus concentration on the TV show. Nobody forces you to go to sleep, especially if they tell you relax. Well, no, no, you know, 
Nice you try. know why I doubted it in the beginning? And I'm nope. going to be really honest, not that I would lie. is because I had been to a few of these <coughs> shows and the people I was with, a couple of them had been up on stage and I knew them very well. And mm -hmm. I'd never seen them ever, ever act that way. But like I said, over the years, having experienced some of this myself, never mind reading, learning, speaking with many different types of people that do hypnotherapy, not always the same as yourself. I, everybody said the same thing. And I started to really pay attention to it. And when you pay attention to it and you're cognizant of it, you realize you are 100% right. You're a smooth talker there, Laura Lee. It's true. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You get somebody that say they don't remember what what hat what they did on stage. It's mainly because they're going to be embarrassed remembering what they do. So your subconscious, which has the ability of creating amnesia, which happens to people that are witness accident or somebody being murdered that can't remember anything, because to, to narrow it down, I remind people your subconscious will never show you anything that it feels you can't handle. True. So that's why people, when people come to see me, and now unfortunately there is current life uh, situations that that I get is when they've been abused in current life. Aww. Now, basically, what it is is there's about three levels. They, some know they did, but they can't remember who. Some are, some do, and some are, you know, maybe, but they want to take care of it. Now, nobody comes to see me when they're ten, you know, two years after it happened. They come when they're forty or fifty. And luckily, the people that usually involved with them are, you know, dead, so they can't go. I have a situation like that. Sorry? I say I have a situation myself like that as about a four or five year old, and mm -hmm. it came up in the strangest, strangest of ways through somebody I know that is extremely, extremely intuitive, and they kept saying that. And this person was tough as nails. And they owned a store. They knew my voice just walking in. I hadn't been in five years. And they were about closing. They closed it. And then they started just sobbing after we were talking for a bit. And I said, what's wrong? And they kept saying, there's something really, this horrible sadness around you. And they were giving me more and more information. And I kept thinking, what are you talking about? And then as I went into meditation and stuff, and even now, I mean, I'm 57. I'm getting flashes of it. But the reason how I confirmed it. I have a relative that's a couple of years older than me that was like my big brother. He knew what happened. He knew what happened. He didn't tell me everything, but he knew. He confirmed that, yep. And it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. It wasn't a murder, but yeah. as my four or five year old self, apparently I took it as that something that bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It can also be misunderstanding. No, <laughs> this happened to me. Yeah. And I was blamed for it. By another adult we'll leave it at that as a small child that should not happen to small children no, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know, like but i take it a bit, a bit further when they have been then i take it further said let yourself go and show you why this happened in this life yes and that's let's go there chris because i think what a lot of people are afraid of is going back there that you're going to feel and experience everything no. like it happened that's not no. what happens is no. it no. Even your death, if you witness a death in a past life. Nothing. It's like watching television, except you're not. Like, I do have um, a box of Kleenex in my on my desk and mm -hmm. tears, but a lot of times they're happy tears. Mm -hmm. but, but no, like, uh, I'm going sub tangents here. Backing up, why did this happen? And sure enough, it'll be a past life 
same person often switched roles. Ah, I'm so glad you said that. Okay. And sometimes it's the same, it's not switch roles, but just something you didn't finish. So once they see that, it's not like it's a little bit late to have not happen this life, but then you know that it's not going to happen in another life because you've now dealt with it. Sort of thing. So, so that's that one isn't due with currently directly at first, but then after we find who did it and what have you, then why did it happen? Because we like to know why. But no, just to finish on, like, for example, uh, people with a fear of heights, you mention heights to them and they get butterflies. And when they go to see themselves in that life being pushed off a cliff, there is no butterflies, there's no fear, it doesn't happen. The, the only emotion that really usually happens is, ah, that's all it was, I can let it go. That's the feeling of relief. No, there's no fear or you see yourself being punched in the face, you don't always feel like, no, it doesn't. Why? I don't know, remember? <laughs> but I know how to fix it. <laughs> it doesn't happen. But there's no nothing because again the subconscious wouldn't show you it if you couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. But it does disappear again. It's amazing what effect. Um, when I work with in a session, the first session does take a bit longer because I have to teach you how to slow yourself down, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Second session, I can just do it this, and you can return back to where you were at last time. Because after I ask you permission, I always ask you permission if I'm That's work what happened. Yeah, I remember that now from when we just did the hypnosis session that we did. Yeah, you didn't take it because we had done it before. Yeah. And plus, I also worked with hypnosis um, when I was a teenager. I was going for surgery and I couldn't take a lot of pain medication. So I worked with a doctor with quite a bit of hypnosis. So it's pretty easy. Same as even meditation. Not that it's yeah. quite the same, exactly. but once you do it, your body Medi- remembers and everything. Meditation remembers. is hypnosis. Okay. I've had, I've had people say in meditation in the group they saw themselves riding on a on a horse with armor and whatever. So that's they're seeing that, but that's not taking care of any problem. That's just like oh, there's a nice cute one. So again, I go the other direction. You see the ones that are in your face. So, but uh, there's a lot of things. Again, you've got your talents, you've got um, a number of things. But the thing I find interesting is that when I slow a person down, uh, it's a couple of simple methods. And there's, oh, there's no swinging a stupid watch. Where do they get this crap is way beyond me. Your eyes have to be open to see a watch. And how do you relax when your eyes are open? You don't. And that's also why you can sit in a chair, because you're totally aware. You will remember everything. That's something I forgot to mention. I get people say, well, oh, I had one lady. Actually, I had a couple of times. People say, you don't mind if I record it? And I say, yes, I do mind. And they got that look on their why? And I said to her, why do you want to record it? She says, I want to remember what I said. I said, aren't you staying? Are you going somewhere? <laughs> You're going to be here. Your memory's even better because it's all single focus. Remember everything. And... Also, it's a healing modality. If your ache or pain disappears, which it will, does it matter what year it was? You know, so like, and, and you're not going to go and play this for your friends for amusement because a lot of people don't want people to know. Just what if I was a bad guy? You know, that type of thing. But it was, it's only for you. But I want to tell you yeah. something that I have been, I've had people try and tell me. Um, it might have been. It wasn't with you, it was somebody else. I didn't have a past life regression. 
but I think I was planning on a hypnosis session. Whatever it was, I had two people say to me, and, and they knew what this was, one of them themselves that claims they're able to do this. I believe they probably are. I've never worked with them. You better be very careful during that. How well do you know this practitioner? You know, there's many things they could slip into this session. Well, and they use the word that you hate, under, while you were under. <laughs> I know you hate that word. Because it right, implies you're under somebody's control and you're not. I know, but we're, that's why I brought this up. So how are you going to slip something in there? I want to dispel this. That's why I'm bringing this up right now. So what's your thoughts on that? I know what you're going to say, but I want people to hear this. <laughs> the thoughts on what? That they told me, uh, be very careful. You oh, know, okay. Somebody could be slipping something into the session. This, How well do you know this practitioner? And mm -hmm. That doesn't happen. No. And there's none of this, when people say they make up memories and stuff or that false memories, I've never seen it. And the part, but the point is, I remind people, if you think, uh, when I worked with groups, all that 225 times, every single one except one was mostly female. Men are more skeptical. I've worked with five male medical doctors and you think they might be skeptical. Some I saw more than once, but they yeah. know the power of the mind, the placebo effect. Mm -hmm. Now, what happened was, is in the talk, I say to people about hypnosis and I said, or the imagination of, if you mm -hmm. think you've made it up, mm -hmm. but your pain disappeared, which it will, who cares? Who cares? Yes. Mm -hmm. the, uh, it's, it's amazing. Usually, though, by the time they finish, they go, I think there might be something there. I don't recall going, uh, traveling around on a horse with armor on in, in a battle. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's also the clarity that they can describe the stuff. It's, I find it amazing because some of us are more uh, visual than others. Mm -hmm. About 80% of people are more visual. But when I work with you, I determine, first of all, are you visual or, or, uh, or sensing? Because what I'll do is then I just change my wordology. And rather than saying to you, now what are you seeing? I'll say, now what are you sensing? Because if you're a blind person, you don't have to see somebody to know they're there. You can hear them, smell them, kick them, Feel bite them. them, whatever. So, but a lot of people that are not visual, I find amusing when I'm finished, uh, I'd say about half of them say, I saw lots of that. I didn't know I could do that. It's because they're not trying to be visual. So, but again, if you make it up, you think you did. Now, when somebody says to me, I think I made it up, they made it up. I remind them politely that I say to them, you're not smart enough and neither am I. You know, quickly add that so it didn't sound like I'm pushing their button. You're not, because think of the logic here, okay? If you think you made it up, <coughs> who makes it up? The conscious part of your mind, because it's the processor. It says, oh, yes, what year? I'm going to say 1802. Here's the amusing thing. The, con the, con the conscious hasn't got a memory. Where does it get the 1802 from? The subconscious. And the subconscious doesn't play games. It's extremely literal. That's why you be careful how you talk to yourself. So when you said, I'm going to say 1802, the subconscious already gave it to you, and it's the correct one. <laughs> so you can think you made it up, but we're not smart enough to do that. So, I'm really glad 
that you brought up about wording because that's part of what I do with teaching is teaching people how powerful they can be, but how powerful, especially their words, their thoughts and their emotions are because the subconscious, like you said, is very literal. And a lot of the things too, I tell them this, you know, they don't, subconscious doesn't necessarily differentiate between negatives and positives. Like, you know, they'll hear a word, for example, is what I've, I've always saw, said. So say somebody's always, saying well i never win anything i'm always unlucky <laughs> i always you know what i mean or or they prompt it's always the old saying careful what you say uh you just might yep. get it or what you promise yourself those are things that really are important and people do not realize when we go back to the energy principle of everything is energy including our voice our thoughts and our words right spelling exactly michelle mm -hmm. yeah your subconscious job is to help you. So if you keep saying, I never win anything, or I can't remember, one of the latest ones that drives me nuts is, I can't remember names. I can't remember. I, I've got too much to think. Can't catch a break. You, you're talking to yourself. Very, like, like I, I actually you know, I have a memory program that I help people with. And the first thing to remember about memory is that your subconscious stores everything, every single process, every single thing you've done. You can access it. One of the things is is that uh, Greg Braden, I'm sure you've yeah, heard. Yeah, I know who Greg is, yeah. I like his affirmations. One of them that's helped me a lot is you say already healed. I always say it like it's already happened. Your subconscious has to have heard it like, oh, it's already happened. I better move hurry up and catch up and make that's sure where that's where I was right. going with that story yeah. was like it doesn't know the difference between time or anything yeah. like that so like you it's already happened yeah it's already happened or you're thinking about it happening just you it just say it like it has yeah. it has to make it right mm -hmm. like I had one of my doc uh one of the doctors he said he helped remember his dreams from what I said or what uh, he had learned from that is that when you go to sleep at night say in the morning I remember my dreams don't say I want to or I hope to or I think I will, because the subconscious will say when. If you say I remember my dreams, it has to have, do it because you already believe in it. That helped with him. Now we can reprogram our mind over a period of about three to four weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's why I so don't expect saying that I remember my dreams to instantly happen. But within those three or four weeks, you're going to find a big improvement. Now one of the things is memory. Get so we're, we're born with a perfect memory. Mm -hmm. We hear things like, oh, as you get older, you're going to forget. You can't remember everything. All these stupid things. Mm -hmm. And what happened is that I, t I say, have you ever had a time where you, you're talking to somebody, you haven't seen them for a while, and you can't remember their name? Mm -hmm. Hands go up. <laughs> and you notice that while you're listening to them, they're probably wondering why you're making faces because you're going, damn, I can't remember that name. Mm -hmm. What's that person's remember. name? Mm -hmm. And when you leave the person within minutes right away. or three in the morning, you go, oh, I remember that name. Mm -hmm. Now, I ask this question of the, of the groups. I'll say, why do you think that happens? To date, nobody's got the answer correct. No they all stay always relaxed. and that, No. You stop telling the subconscious you can't remember the name. That would be common. It does what you tell it. You say, I can't remember that name. It says, oh, I was just about to get it, but now you've told me not to, even though I like you know, helping you. But later on, you stop doing it, and it goes, I'm going to go quickly find the name. He'll feel better. She'll feel better. And that's the name. That's 
what it is, it's not relaxed if you stop talking to yourself negatively. So I teach people to simply say, before you go to sleep at night, just say, I have a perfect memory. That works. Or the other trick I have learned yes. is when you're in the moment and you can't remember something, and it's ha it happens lots of times, I'll get talking and I forget what I'm talking about. And I just say, just let me keep talking. It will return. Yep. Sure enough, two seconds later, or I can't remember. No, I just literally say inside my head, subconscious, please give me the answer. I, yep. I will I literally will say that I also have an eidetic memory. It's, it's, it's there. And the reason why I believe um, children from the age of about zero to seven are like sponges. And my <laughs> father took yep. me and my brother to a memory course for a week designed for adults. My brother, it went in one ear and out the other. He could care less. I took it so seriously. <laughs> and I kid you not before my nursing exams, and uh, it was university years and lots of fun to be had and jobs to be worked. And I didn't have time to read. So literally, I kid you not, two nights before an exam, I would open a 2,500 page textbook and just go and yes. be in the exam. The pit, the words would come right out on the page. And I'm not special. What I'm saying if it's was, in I focus and you look at it, you've, you've got it stored in a second. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's why people can speed read. Uh, yes. One of my friends, uh, Augie Nost, I believe he reads over 150,000 words per second. People say that's impossible. No, it's not because he does it and many people do. It's because, right, power of the mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. It, that's, like I, I turned out that I've been an English teacher in a couple of past lives. I'm hard... not surprised knowing you. <laughs> Can I help? I have to bite my tongue about how people use expressions that drive me nuts. I'm just the, about to burst out laughing because it's true, people. <laughs> when the waitress says, would you like some more coffee? And people say, no, I'm good. Mm -hmm. She doesn't care about your morals. You know, if you want more coffee, something. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm really good. I, I didn't. I, I am so <laughs> glad you explained this because, yes, he does. You do, Chris, as as a friend of yours. And he doesn't do it on air, but he will remind you afterwards. And you've got such a, an awesome sense of humor, right? And you'll say something with humor. When people say, I could, he could, I could care less, that means they care. Yeah, exactly. If you exactly. could care less, that means you care. It's I couldn't care less. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that explains so much. Soon she said, I've had many lives as a, or past, or few past lives as an English teacher. I went, oh, that explains so much. <laughs> you froze for a minute there. Oh, I said, oh, sorry, am I back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I When you said, I've had a few past lives as an English teacher, I <laughs> literally just said in my mind, oh, that explains so much. <laughs> Thank you. Another one is that where people came up with, well, I I I, got, I bought a lottery ticket and I, I lucked out. And I'll say, didn't you win? Yes. And they said, I just said, lucked out means you're out of luck. Where do people get lucked out? You're in luck, so therefore you're lucked in. I understand actually breaking this down while you're saying what you're saying. Because when we look back on old expressions mm -hmm. and doing energy healing work, um, or just intuitive work or what, right? A lot of the things that we say come from parts of our body too, 
right? So when you, so I understand where, where I'm trying to go with this is when you say lucked out, you are right. You didn't luck out, you lucked in, yeah. right? But why do we come up with these strange expressions? That's why I want to know. Where do we I think go somebody, with that? Get somebody that's in the know or a bit famous that said it and everybody has to say it. Maybe thing. that's it because. It, it's another thing that drives me nuts. I've seen this in movies. Somebody will come to the door at a place and knock and the person inside will come in. It's, op it's open. No, it's not. It's unlocked. Yes. If, it was, un if it was open, you, you, why don't you just walk in? I but hear people you. People do that. It's not mm -hmm. open. It's unlocked. Mm -hmm. Come in. But, but just that if you take people that are learning English as a second language, Oh, it's so hard. They, they, they learn the correct way unless mm -hmm. people that speak English like to screw them up with mm -hmm. all the opposite things. Uh, it's amazing. Like, like, like age, for example. Like uh, my dad died about 81 with a full head of hair. Mm -hmm. If you notice, I might have a little bit of hair. You have a full head of hair. <laughs> and, I'm, and I just turned 75. You don't look 75, Chris. I know I look 74, but anyhow. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> People I, might have said you could have got away with probably 25 when you were mystery guest at the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I got ID'd when I was 25. I did. I The last time I got ID'd, I kid you not, and the person was not trying to pick me up or anything, I was 44, I think, going into the bear store. I literally said wow. to them, are you kidding me? I said, I probably have kids as old as you do. <laughs> and then they wouldn't believe how old I was. I said, it's got my picture on the ID. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a good compliment for sure. It was. I thank them. I thank them. Mm -hmm. But there's so many, so many things like, like I can, I could talk for hours on the different, you know. Uh, well, let's talk example. about some of the miraculous things that have, have occurred after You've done your sessions, and I'd love, we've um, got about 40 minutes left. I'd love to talk about some of your books, too. But let's talk, because you've had some incredible things happen after sessions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, well, what happens, I do take notes during a session, and no, they're not for the client. People mm -hmm. say, can you send me the, that's when I realized that, why? And also, I just didn't have time. They're mm -hmm. more for me. And people say, well, why don't you record it and check when you do it? No, because if I'm halfway through, and it's like, Oh, wait a minute, this sounds like a life they just talked about 20 minutes ago. I can't say just a minute. I'm winding up my tape, backing mm -hmm. it up. No, so I turn pages. What I do then is I, I photocopy or camera, I, caught, I photo them, and then I file them. So I have files. So what happened, though, is those books are basically uh, uh, interesting uh, past lives, uh, case histories. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I've got lots of them. One thing about the books is that I have the four. I published them myself and got rid of lots of them, but now they're still stuck in Canada. I don't have them down here. What I did in Canada is that near the end, when I wasn't traveling much, I would still have people uh, send me the you know a request and I'd mail them to the people. Now, Canada and the States did get them within a few days. Mm -hmm. In Mexico, we learned long ago, if you put anything in the mail, it'll take up to two months to get to you. By that time, you'll forget to order the book. Okay. But, and if you sent it by like a, like, like Purex or that type of method, you can do it, but it's going to cost me about $15. Well, I think people don't want to start paying that much money for a book. 
So what I did finally do about two years ago, I now have them on online. Oh, awesome. As a download. Audio. So if anybody wants them, and they're a lot cheaper because, first of all, I didn't have to print them and mail them. And so I have been selling them that way. You know, not tons, but but that way. So you can mention to your clients, just email me at clpastlife.wrap. Yeah, I always at the end of the show make sure people know as well as I put a banner out, Chris, and um, both you and Debbie's contact him. I didn't change it um, because poor Debbie tried to stay hang in there as long as she could. And then she just said, and I said to her, no, I even before she typed it, I said, it'll just be Chris and I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> another so, time, another time we'll do, mm-hmm, the, do mm-hmm. both. But there's so many things. Yeah, like, but you've had some miraculous. Like, didn't you? T- you talked about one time on one of my shows, uh, a lady who had rheumatoid arthritis, and then after the session, you said, "I think something to do, something like Rice Krispies." <laughs> after, okay, that's a good one. Good example. Mm-hmm. First of all, okay, aches and pains and rheumat and arthritis and all these things, they're they're past life. Just to go aside one. Uh, um, uh, Grand Prairie, Alberta. A lady came in for a session and she said, I got a pain in my shoulder, but that's not past life. It was a car accident. Oh, well, good. I'm glad you're talking about this. Okay. Yeah, you can think of it as the logic. It happened in this life. And I said, How long ago was that? And she said, About a year and a half ago. And I said, hey, Is it still hurting you? And she said, Yeah. Are you doing anything about it? She said, For the last five months, I've been going to physiotherapy. And I said, mm-hmm. Hmm, how far up, how much movement do you have? And she went like this. She, if I get it in the camera, mm-hmm. she right her left arm, she brought it up to about that, you know, like parallel to the ground, but you're just shaking. And I said, that's five months of physiotherapy. Yes. Now, the human body actually can mend a broken bone in five weeks. We are very good at healing. It's just that when we trigger an ache or pain memory, that comes in and hangs on to it. Sometimes we just wasn't going to pop up because, but you triggered it. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's t- let's add this to your list because a lot of people forget to put stuff on their list because they think they're stuck with it. No, you're mm-hmm. not. Sure enough, in a nutshell, she was a soldier in armor on a horse in a battle, and somebody threw from the ground, speared her as a him. And I don't lead and say, is it the left shoulder? I'll just say, where did they spear? You know, it hurt you, hurt the guy. She said, in my shoulder, which one? And she said, the left one. Now, when I go to these things, when people say where the ache or pain is, it's always 100% of where they're feeling it. It's not like they get it in the shoulder, but they feel it in their knee. You get it, you get it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. So I said, you saw where it came from now? She said, yes. I said, move your arm. And she, you know, eyes closed. She went straight up, mm-hmm. straight up. And the look on her face, eyes are closed, but it's like, wow, you could see. I said, yes, that's because you let it go. Your subconscious controls your body. You th- when you cut yourself, do you think it, your conscious heals it? No, it doesn't have the, you know, like, on board, let it go. But your subconscious heals, affects you. So what happened was, is that when it holds the acropene you triggered, it's very good at this. But once you saw it, it means you still have to learn, finish the lesson from that life, but you don't have to put up with the ache or pain from it. That's what I do. Now, backing up to arthritis, 
Arthritis is not a disease. It's a condition from a past life. She came in, this lady, she was in her 50s. Still here. She came in, in her 50s. And for about the last six years, her hands, she, they were a bit gnarled. With arthritis in your fingers and hands, it, your bones will, it, joints will swell up. It's only because you're in, inhibiting the flow of, of normal, normality. And she could hardly move them. And it wasn't on her list. So I said, let's add that to your list. She said, well, if you think you can. I said, let your subconscious now take you back to why you have the condition with your hands. I don't give it titles. I don't say aches or pains. I don't say arthritis. I'll say the condition or concern. Because you're giving it a title, it reinforces that title. So she said, oh, I'm in a dungeon. And I knew within seconds what was probably going to happen, but I never say that. I never, because I have found when I did say it a couple of times, it was never the right one. So I don't say anything. Yeah. She, the people that, uh, in, we've all probably, everybody's been in dungeons, unless you're just, a, you know, only been in one life before. But anyhow, what happened was the dungeon, the people that work in them, the guards and that, they're not hired because they're, they're <coughs> pardon me, uh, counselors. <laughs> they're hired because they like hurting people. Often they torture people because the people that put them in there need some information. So they're good at torturing. Sometimes they just do it for something to do. Uh, so she was a female in a dungeon. They, a guard was smashing her hands with a hammer. And I went, okay, that sounds familiar. I've seen that one before, but I don't say any further. I said, okay, now, you see where it came from? She goes, yes. Is that this life? She goes, no. Move your hands now. She moved her hands, and it was like a Rice Krispie commercial. Snap, crackle, and pop. Because the bones are going back into joint. I'll explain that in a moment. But anyhow, it, was, it went on for about oh, 15, 20 seconds, and slowly it stopped, and she started having free motion. She had, a, and I used an example or a method with my clients. On a scale of 0 to 10, 10 is the pain you have, 0 is gone. What number are you down to now? And she said 2. That's about normal. It'll go to zero over the next couple of days because sometimes the muscles have just been held so long it still have to loosen them up. But the main pain was gone. That's all it was. Uh, okay. And the bones cracking is because when the subconscious is showing you the pain or duplicating the pain from that past life, it tightens muscles up. But sometimes it's not strong enough, so it puts bones out of joint to make it hurt. It's bad. So pretty, that's why that cracking, I've had many people with lower back pain, which is a very common one. Sure enough, it's, there's so many things for that one. But this one guy, I said, see, he told me where what happened. Again, I don't remember that one exactly. I think he fell off a horse in a past life and he landed on a rock on his back, yes, lower back. And I said, now you see where it came from. Move your back around. And it was like, crack. He said, did you hear that? I said, oh, yeah. How could <laughs> Big I not? Crack. It was going back into joint, into, into flow. Like it was out of joint to be his heart hurt as much. When the session was over, he stood up. He said, I haven't stood this straight in 12 years. Wow. He said, how does it feel? He said, oh, fantastic. I love that feeling when people show and, and the look on their faces when the pain they've had for years was not necessary. When you see where it came from, the garbage can. Why would that noise bother you? If 
you know what it is? If you don't know, it bothers you. So that's basically how this works. People come in with their list. We talked about it here. Listing all the different things. Actually, it's funny, too. Uh, sometimes during one life, and life only takes five, ten minutes each, I can do a few of them. But sometimes more than one thing gets cleared up. This one lady in Nova Scotia, when she, when it was, I forget which item it was, but we went through the about three or four scenes in the life. We ended up taking care of seven items. Two she forgot to mention. She had she had a fear of heights and also the turtleneck. She had been hung and pushed off a cliff because sometimes people forget about stuff that they think is just the way of life. So it can take care of a lot. Second sessions work faster because they don't have to show you, you know, as I said, you can return back to where you were before at that level and a little deeper. So why it works, I don't know, but I know how to do this. And I've done this for 27 or eight years and I've worked with thousands of people. I I've done a few, oh, a few groups, sorry. Uh, no, I was going to say, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. I was just going to address a comment here. Sure. Uh, take a second. Donna Marie Higney, I'm so glad that you popped by but the show. And I apologize. We're not doing ratings tonight. Um, if Debbie had been here, maybe we might have. But she's ill this evening, Chris's wife. Um, but Chris's past life regression. We're talking how this works and why it works and how incredible and amazing. But I hope you'll come back again. And you're welcome to stay still. It's fascinating what we're talking about sorry chris i didn't mean to, to cut no, you no, off there i didn't want somebody to pop in and think we weren't I, like i said i really do try to involve my audience when they're here uh we've got people listening from all over the world so some of the stuff that i've asked you to kind of break down a little bit because it's not just say from the kind of community that we normally would work with in the fields that we're in with people from all over listening from everywhere different kinds of walks of life so oh yeah mm -hmm. well, i do like i don't go touring anymore but i have done uh i, I do uh, skype sessions one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one, and they work yes the only thing is i can't i can't put the coin in their hand from this distance but you know well you know but i'm going to tell you something you did that with me for my first session and it was it, it didn't work well for me and you recognize that i didn't have to say anything to you but i noticed as of late, and I never said this to you, we didn't use the coin, and I, it, it, we were able to start almost immediately for yep. me. So, but the reason I mention that is because it's very unique for I believe for every individual in certain ways, like to tweak things, and that's what I wanted to mention that you were intuitive enough to to tweak it very quickly with the first session, mm -hmm. and. Um, I want people to really recognize how important this is. Like I said to you, when I, I think we were off air before we came on, I meet a lot of people that I do healing work with. And, you know, I find, again, the mind is a powerful thing and how much people believe what they've been told by, say, yeah. one doctor, one nurse. I'm a nurse. But what I try to say to people is just because you've been told it can't be done or it's not possible, first of all, that doesn't mean that that person's a be all to the end all. Second of all, why would you not try something like working with someone like yourself before you go for a massive surgery or something? What have you got to lose? I've had people cancel their operations. Mm -hmm. Lady in Australia, no, New Zealand couldn't bring her arm up more than this. And when she left, she was trying to touch the lights. The pain was gone. Why would you have an operation? And once it's gone? cut, 
it doesn't have, that's what I try and tell people once something is cut and that's what surgery is, it cannot return to 100%. You've already altered what you were given. And like I said, it, for the, you know, and it's not astronomically expensive that in, once it's fixed, it's fixed. You don't have to keep going back for more and more sessions, right? It doesn't come back yet. I don't get repeat clients because once it's fixed, why would you come back? I do get repeat if they, their list was too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A lady in Australia actually had 52 items typed on her page. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them were overlaps, like, you know, fear of heights and fear of falling, you know, obviously mm-hmm. similar. So a lot of them covered that way. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like you said, it's uh, it can, on the second session, it can cover a lot more stuff. It's mm-hmm. once uh, you're slowed down, how, when I say go to, I'm going to tell you something which you, you might remember. Everybody I work with for the first time, I pick their first past life for them. And it's called confidence. A lot of people, you know, probably could use more confidence. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I say, let's start with that one first. Mm-hmm. How to get more confidence? Because if they were, say, ahead of fear of snakes, I would not ever start that first, like because they wouldn't know where, they don't know what's, how this works. So they'd be going, oh God, is it going to be, you know, dangerous? And they start unrelaxing. <laughs> if they start slowly coming back. Yeah, up. but you're not. You may pick the topic to start with that can always help someone. I love that. But when you say that, you don't tell them what they're going to discover. You give them something positive to work with, to relax and get into the session, right? Not under into the work that they're going to be doing. Yeah. Be comfortable. Because it's better to have something nice to start with. Yes. Sometimes on the second session, if somebody's got a lot of still heavy stuff, I'll say, let's go to a talent one. So I always start with, with a bit of a nice one. Mm-hmm. Then they see how it works and that there's no fear of phobia, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, ache or pains. So Well, it's scary, though, when you don't know what to expect. And then, like I told yeah. you, I knew what to expect. And I've had people, what they said to me, that, you know, be very careful with who you're working with. They could be slipping something under there. Well, then how much do you know what, like I said, one of them claimed to be doing hypnotherapy. If you know what hypnotherapy is, you know that the person is not asleep or won't remember, or I, I remember everything. Some of the stuff that we did, and I'm being honest here with the, um, the hypnosis session, it wasn't because I was asleep or so deeply hypnotized. There was just so much information that came through that, um, like you take notes and stuff like that. And Debbie was with you. I know Debbie or Debbie, I think, I forget, Debbie was a part of it, but there was information in there. Or actually, maybe we audio recorded it. I forget how we did it, but we took notes. And there was a reason for it because we were working on something sort of as a group. Um, not you, you just were the facilitator, uh, Debbie and another person and I, but the thing is, it's not because I was so deeply hypnotized. I can't remember. That's the point I'm trying to make. I had one guy said, well, I'll come out. This is in Ontario. I'll come out to your office, but I think I should bring somebody with me just in case I can't get out of it. Oh, I've heard that actually. I, I have heard that from people. Uh, yes. So I didn't, I didn't even do the session with that person. Get out of it. Uh, does, does somebody make you stop sleeping? Does somebody stop you, make you, uh, are you stuck in a daydream? Are you, you know, like, like how, again, that's it swinging, is stupid. It is stupid. Watch, yeah. 
Oh, I know. See, hypnotherapists do have a, a, you know, a challenge that we have to get over people saying, oh, you're going to make me bark like a dog? Oh, God. Why? Oh. Yeah, I could see why. But the, you know what? Then you don't, if people aren't willing to be open, like this is where I go with people with this when I suggest this. You're willing to go have a 12-hour operation and have bars of steel put in your back, for example, on both sides. Yeah. When you could go for a session depending on your problem list, and I'm calling it a problem list, not you, yeah, but yeah. what you're going to list, and then go see somebody that could help you. Why would you not try that? I, that just, to, to me, I cannot understand it. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, we get, we get brainwashed with medicine, commercials, the billion, billion dollar companies that make drugs and, and uh, go see your doctor. Again, I did sessions with five men and two female doctors too. Mm-hmm. But I usually mention men because men can be more skeptical mm-hmm. than women. I think men are more logical, whereas I think the reason why we see women that are, the majority of women are more open is because we're, we're more open-minded because I think we're able to be more emotional, which we are. Yeah. And, um, I think that that's really a big thing about it. It's almost like it's more acceptable for a female to be doing something like this. Whereas, like you said, I think with men, you obviously your brains are hardwired different than us, and it's logically logic. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's a great idea. Let's talk about your books, Chris. We got let's see, it's seven forty my time, so we got about ten fifteen minutes left. So let's talk about your books and what you got coming. Okay. The first one was, was I picked the series called Life in the Past Lane, you know, like take that. off the fast lane. And then I realized that when I, it was a bit of a general thing about 13 or 14 different types of ailments and stuff. And so and then I realized that the one for aches and pains, I couldn't put it on the book. So then, so uh, actually the fears and phobias was number two. Number three was aches and pains. And Fourth one, as I say, crimes against uh, crimes against humanity. But the fifth, the fifth one I'm working on is called uh, I'm calling it history, fact or fiction. Oh, I'm so glad you're doing Cause, that. Because, for example, I've got about 16 people that uh, related being on the Titanic or building it, and the stories they ca- they tell are a bit harsher and a bit more blunt than than uh, history books would like to tell you. Also is Knights Templars. Mm, I'm interested in that. Well, I just on the side of that one, I was working with a lady in Alberta doing a session, and um, in the session she goes, "You're in my past life." I had a feeling, you know, like I knew her, like Mm -hmm. in my soul group, and you're a Knights Templar, and I went, "Oh." Wow. At that point, I didn't know what that was. Oh, you did it? <laughs> no, I didn't know oh. what the temper was. I've since then found out I've been one twice, and I've got all the history on it, and it's it's quite fascinating what they're up to. And Dave's I, into the Templars because he was actually involved with that series. Um, Dave, I know you're going to shoot me for the speaking of memory. It'll come to me. Oak Island, I knew it would. The Oak Island yep. series, Dave's been involved with that. And he's, there's been a bit about the Knights Templar and the treasure and stuff like that. That's out in Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia in- yeah, just going to see Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, Where's the-, the treasure, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
I said that for Dave. That's why. And I'm yeah. not making fun of you, Dave. You know I love you, Dave. <laughs> we'll work on that one. We'll work okay. on that. The, uh, it's also Jesus Christ. He was oh, an actual yeah. person. So, yes, there's people that related that they were related to him or saw him. Or He was married. Uh, yes, he was. Do Had you know children. How, how many children? Uh, I hear two, but I believe more. Eight. I thought so, yes, because in that time and age, if you could have children, you would not just have two, especially with the illness that struck your children and everything else. There were large families. And then on top of that, um, one of them, Sarah is her name. Now, I don't know if that would have been what it would have been in the language he spoke at the time. But um, yeah, I get quite a few things coming through with readings. Certain people seem to be working with that individual. There's different other odds and ends. We have been animals. Good. I was going to ask you that was one of my questions. And another one that often comes up, I can't be hypnotized. Uh, mm -hmm. I, when people say that, I say, I like working with people like you. You're the easiest to get relaxed because mm -hmm. your conscious is whirring around. I mm -hmm. you know they'll say, I, I think too much. Stuff. I say, good. Your conscious wants a break. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to work with you. People that are harder are people that are trying to help me. No, stop helping me. Just, just slow down. Okay, what about the animal ones? Because my son, I had been told before, because everybody's got certain ideas about who we were, what we are, where we're going, whatever, right? And I always yeah. say we're not going to know the answers till we go back home ourselves when we leave this life. But my son, as a very, well, he was a young teenager, and one of his friend's moms, I didn't know you at the time, did this type of stuff. And he told me this incredible life he had as a wolf. And he told me the name. And I mean, who was I to doubt him? But I'd love to hear more about that. So we can be animals. Yeah. Usually more when we first started reincarnating. But we're only intelligent animals. Nobody yet has been a goat or a cow mm -hmm. because they're not that bright. Also, they can help you. Dogs have been known to save their masters. Is that maybe why he would have got a wolf? Because this was yeah. quite a lifetime. He explained oh, yeah. no. and who he was yeah. and the, in the um, pack and the whole yeah, thing. I was, was just really making a list of the animals and even okay. elephants, wolves, mm -hmm. eagles, dogs, even cats. So we're not we're not possibly a fly or something like possibly the not Indian I've been, Hindu. Not that I'm aware of what's mm -hmm. the point? How are you supposed to help other people by being a fly? Uh -huh. Just how to get crushed. Teach them patience. <laughs> <laughs> how to fly. How to fly. Yes. But uh -huh. wolves and stuff like that. But again, cows and goats and that. No, nobody's been that. It's pretty hard to relate. But horses are intelligent. Elephants. There have been a few. Uh -huh. But yes, we have. In fact, what I find amusing too is that when you, people go back to their soul group, I'll say to them, who do you recognize in your soul group? And, and more than once, people said, oh, "There's my dog, the one I that they it. had in this current yeah. their current life." And sure enough, it was one of the. Now, in in effect, that one that was a dog would just be energy, but they often will show themselves to be uh, oh. human, humanoid to be make the transition a little easier to going back to your soul group. Mm -hmm. But oh yeah, people have been animals. That will mean so much to so many people to hear something like that because, you know, I've seen people that will cry over 
something with an animal versus seeing it with a human being. Like <laughs> people are animal crazy. Not that I'm judging. It's not my job to judge. It's just a lot of people. Some of them, like I said, some of your animals will be uh, your soul group. Not always, mm -hmm. but they're there to help you. But again, clever ones. Okay, mm -hmm. trying to think. Something else. Yes. No, I haven't had anybody that's been an ant or, or anything like that, though. There's no, no logic to it. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I think now that I said that to you at the beginning of the show about people going back to the beginning of time, I apologize to you because as I thought about it, gone through my memory as I've been speaking, you know who talked about that? Was Dolores Cannon. That's oh, who it was. Yeah. when Because she, she worked within the theta levels of hypnosis mm -hmm. and... Um, I remember her talking uh, because it, she was basically a scientist in that area, right? She said, if you followed her much, she said that back in the 60s when she was doing this, her and her husband, they were told never to work within that layer. layer. But she, like I said, I did a lot of research about this because it was many years ago I had you on one of my shows on our previous network. And it was so fascinating to me about past lives that I wanted to try and learn more and understand about it. And I am a huge proponent of this type of healing work. It's so simple. All it is is seeing unknown noise, it disappears. How hard is that? Not at all. Just that you can't do it yourself. You see, I have to relax. And if I ask myself questions, which I have to do, I'm not relaxing then. Uh, one thing too, I cannot work with people that English is their second language. Okay. Unless they can, oh. prove, unless they can prove to me that they're thinking in English. Okay. Because, like when people speak to me in Spanish or in French, I think and translate. That means I'm thinking. So I did have a couple of Chinese and a couple of French people that I couldn't work with. But so. What about though, if you were a different nationality, you would still come through the subconscious in the language that you speak now, I guess, right? Yeah, the speaking, whatever language, whatever country they're in, like if you're a past life, you're in Spain or, or Italy, you don't speak to me in Spanish or that you speak in English. You know why I asked? Because I was thinking again with um, people that were working within the theta levels, I remember one video in particular that really astounded me. Don't get me wrong. I didn't watch hours of Dolores Cannon, but she was talking about some people had gone back. She said that was who it was to the beginning of time. So we'll have to see if that ever comes up for you. Like literally remembering being part of the atmosphere. But she said there were people that would get so immersed in who they were, they would forget who they were in this lifetime. Like she said, she remembered one time, I think she would say just, say can you take this pen or or something to that effect and the person didn't even know what a pen was because they literally were so immersed that's yeah. what she had said yeah. they weren't under it wasn't anything like that it just she was working within a different le level of the brain waves if you will omega or, or um the omega level right keep that in mind mm -hmm. i've had many people go back to cavemen mm -hmm. i did in my session with you mm -hmm. that's right I fell down because I, I, I have chronic pain and um, you don't tell people what to do. You ask them to, t uh, the, the subconscious to bring you to this most significant point in time where this began yeah, yeah. and then describe what you're seeing. And I could see myself falling down a hill and I believe it was in a caveman 
um, caveman era. Sorry, I was reading the comments here. Michelle says, no one has had a past life of an ant or a fly. And she put LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet that anybody's seen. <laughs> I don't think I've come through. I've seen that before with the research I've done. Sorry, Chris, you were going to say something. Just to finish the caveman, one of the really interesting ones that's in one of the books is this one woman came, she said, I got allergies to almost everything. Okay. And not just season, but everything. So I've I said, seen that. Let's check it out. She popped in uh, as a female cave person. She was oh. in a cave where they lived, and there was about, I think, about 25, 30 in the tribe, and she was the last one alive. The rest had uh, died. Okay. So I said, back now, sometimes that's it pops in there. Then I'll have to sometimes say, back up a bit to see why this happened. And you see, the ice age when the ice age last came it froze everything then as it started to melt whatever diseases or stuff that was in that era they didn't have it in this one so they had no immunity to it uh, so animals would eat some of the plants that were being thawed out and then uh -huh. people would, they'd eat the animals they were picking up the poisons and stuff like, like for example uh, smallpox. Mm -hmm. uh, the native Indian population in North America, a high percentage of them died from smallpox mm -hmm. because the Europeans brought it over and they had no immunity to it. Yeah. So after that, she said she didn't have any more uh, allergies. It was a fascinating, fascinating one. Just a quick one, though, is that the word readings. I don't do readings. Mm -hmm. People say, can I get a reading? I'll say, I don't know what you did in the past life. How do I know? No, because a reading, sometimes they apologize, just wordology, but I don't like it. It means me telling you that you were a gypsy in a past life. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know that you were, so that's not a reading you. I do the opposite. You tell me what you did. That's why I clarified yeah. with the caveman thing. You did. I just said that to you. You didn't tell me who I was or what. You yeah. just are the facilitator if you will you guide people but it's their subconscious you're they're doing it you're yep. not doing it you don't tell direct, them yeah. you direct mm -hmm. them to go to the past life that's like like calling in your face mm -hmm. <laughs> that yeah. you're being affected from and it did help me chris the session i had with you like some of the issues um and the ones that we addressed in that that uh that particular session i did have resolution with it so i can speak from personal experience that it did work now we are almost out of time please come back we're gonna bring debbie the next time but where can people find you chris and again we'll remind them where to get your books everything how to book a session with you okay well actually interesting thing about uh, doing stuff past life on skype lately i've been did i did a podcast uh, a few years ago I did a whole bunch of them, but so many people saw this one guy's pot. He, I've had so many inquiries, about 20 inquiries from that one podcast and about, you know, like hearing me and stuff like that. But what it is, is that lately I've been getting requests and I've done sessions now with a guy in Thailand. He was, you know, he's English speaking. Uh, two in Egypt, one in Switzerland, and one in Sweden. We have people from all over the world. This show, I believe, goes out to at least 160 countries live right now listening. So, mm -hmm. 
better get pull my hair. <laughs> that's why I said tell. That's why I tell them at the end of the show. Tell them how to get a hold of you. you and if anybody better? doesn't, yes, perfect. Now, perfect. Now you're not the mystery guy anymore. Well, people will hear this either on the replay or there are hundreds, like over a hundred thousand people watching live. Like I would yeah. probably say at least close to half a million. Let so me, and they're going to see it on the replay yeah. too. Well, what I do when people do inquire about a session is that I, uh, through the years, uh, twice I went to a studio and had my talk that I generally do videoed. Mm -hmm. And finally, I had it done live. Uh, I was uh, one of the main speakers at um, in Red Deer at the mm -hmm. Questers, uh, mm -hmm. Questers uh, thingy. And the guy that was recording a lot of it for them said, would be interested in, you know, paying a little extra and get my wine done. So I did. And it was so much nicer because I'm interacting with people. You can hear the laughter, you know, where you're talking to a cameraman who doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about. It, it loses right. some of its essence. So I do send a copy of that to a client to get a better view of what it's about before I work with them. Then I send them a questionnaire, that type of thing. So, have so how can people book this with you? We've got about 30 seconds left. So Okay, go to email me at CL, which stands for Chris Lee, obviously. Oh, sorry, I have to put my stand. Mm -hmm. CL at pastliferap.com. Mm -hmm. Rap okay. is not like, hey, man, I'm rapping. It stands for regression and progression. <laughs> okay, the initial. We line. didn't even go there. So you're going to have to come back talking about, yes, we can also go into not as common right but um progression into life meaning future lives yeah um and we didn't get it you also train people how to do this too right so people yes. can message you so, I'll tell you, you, okay, so email me at that and i'll send you my video on it and talk further and you can and uh e-transfer e or or um, paypal that type of thing and i do it on skype skype works very well okay. and from there as far as training goes i did have some live training classes through the years i'd pick a city and get two to five people and train them now different live because i'd bring in people for them to work with because it was easy to find volunteers when they hear free free session mm -hmm. and but that doesn't quite work well because of that thingy that got everybody's yeah, we've gone now. through yes yeah. so you do it online now so, well, yes, I, okay, I, I send them a script of my thing. And then, yes, and it's actually one in one. So it's even better than when there's two or three, four or five. Right. I still get people saying, how big is your class? I said it's one on one. <laughs> Which means me and you. <laughs> yeah. And we, I, we work on what time is convenient for both of us. There's no specific time, there's no schedule. We, you work and you have to you know find some of your own volunteers but it's there's a bit more to it but it does work i've done a few my favorite one is the one that does help with me about the yogurt or the sour cream or something that was in california so but it does work or you can fly down i did have somebody fly down her vacation and and did i trained her here in oh, Mazatlan. Wow. That sounds beautiful. I want to thank you so much for being here. Like I said, we uh, you have to come back. I hope so because we there were so many things we didn't get to, but it was I really loved having you on. You had a great conversation with you. Thank you so much for being here, Chris. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you again for hosting me, Lori Lee.
Well, you know, uh, like I said, Chris is a good friend and his wife, Debbie, is one of my close friends. So like I said, we'll make sure this happens again in the new year. Oh, by the way, belated happy Thanksgiving to all our American friends out there. Happy Cyber Monday if you celebrate. I w- if you ever want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me on facebook.com forward slash The Angel Rock. If you got a guest suggestion, show idea, you want to book a healing session with me, I do mentoring. I also do clairvoyant uh, mediumship and psychic readings i also have two groups on facebook i the angel rocker tribe for many of the things we talked about this evening also paranormal university for all things paranormal please join me next week same time same space next week i have a guest i had on a few years back george lunsford he's written a new book he covers um cryptids in different parts of North America. And I believe he's also included some serial killers in this new book. So please join me next week again, Chris. Thank you so much. Much love to you and, and Debbie and sending healing and prayers. And I ask all you seeing this, please do so as well, because she's under the weather. She was supposed to join us, but hopefully she'll be on the mend really quick. Anyways, we will see you same time, same space next week. Thanks everybody. Take care. Much love and light.